Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today I speak with Kavin Kagira Mpundu. She is the CEO and co-founder of Azuri KNY, the eco-friendly footwear brand in Rwanda. She obtained her degree in creative design and environmental architecture and attained her business development and leadership skills from world-class entrepreneurship accelerators. She is passionate about a sustainable environment and leverages her skills to create opportunities for the less privileged youth and women through education. In 2019, Africa's business heroes named her among the top 10 business heroes creating change across Africa. In this episode, Kavin and I spoke about how she saw entrepreneurship as an opportunity to employ herself and others, the importance of promoting her brand to the right audiences, the benefits of participating in leadership development programs, and redefining the work experience of producing shoes in her workshops. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to speak with you today. Uh, we know that you are the CEO of Uzuri KNY, an eco-friendly footwear brand in Rwanda. Uh, but before we dive into your role as CEO and your company, can you take us uh, back a little bit to when you knew that you would be a leader and you could step up as a leader because obviously serving as a CEO uh, requires leadership and you've been doing it now for close to nine years. I, th I think the time that I realized I could be a leader is when I was really young, uh, growing up in, 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 in different families and trying to be um, a person who really supports herself and her own siblings as well because I grew up, uh, I mean, during an era that was unfortunate not the best in Rwanda where people died in 1994. I was born in 1991. My parents passed in 1994. And so growing up through that um, unfortunate circumstance really helped me to shape my future and the way I see the world and the way I want to be led and the way I want to lead myself. And so uh, it's something that grew with me as a young person. As a, and then uh, as, as I got to university, I thought this was a time to start um, practicing what I've been learning over the past uh, 20 years. I think I started my company when I was 20. And so, um, yeah, that, that, that was it. And so it, it was a huge um, accomplishment and also a start of, of a journey um, to becoming a leader. And so when you went to university, um, tell us a bit more about how you discovered that uh, you would kind of demonstrate and live out your leadership, uh, having gone through that adversity uh, through business. So going to university in 2012, I kind of, the most interesting thing is that I went to university to actually study civil engineering, but I grew up as a creative person. My siblings are all creatives. And so I thought I needed to do something that I was passionate about and something also that could help me to, not just secure a job, but also create create a company or um, an organization that could become a source of employment for myself and other young people like me. And so I changed my major from engineering to creative designs with really a purpose to learn ways I can use my own creativity to solve or help solve some of the most pre pressing issues that our communities are facing today. And there I met my co-founder, Isolde, who really, I mean, we had 
deep conversations and it seemed like our vision and desires converged into one direction and so we started thinking how can we create our own company so later on in 2013 that's how we decided to um go into it fully and start our own company and be leaders that we always wanted to be that's really inspiring can you tell us a bit more about what Missouri KNY does and and how your role has evolved over the years um Missouri KNY is we are i'm just going to include myself in there because i'm part of the company now um we are a shoe manufacturer we produce beautiful quality footwear but the part that is really interesting there is that we're creating not just contemporary fashion but also a eco-friendly brand one of the very few out argue within Africa and also in the world it's it's very it's something that we thought through to create fashion that that makes that has purpose because usually fashion is not very much linked to social responsibility and so we thought it has been created for decades what i mean fashion has been part of our lives uh, people's lives for a very long time today and so what is the difference um that we're going to make when we create our own brand when we create our own company and so zuri stands really to or exist to help and solve some of the most pressing issues in our own community such as the environmental pollution crisis where we're solving it or we're helping solving it by um recycling used car tires to produce our eco-friendly footwear for a niche global market of responsible consumers and also by equipping the youth with practical and soft skills um and this is really to tackle the unemployment or the youth unemployment issue within Rwanda and Africa where at least 60% of the total unemployment rate is made of young people and young women are, are likely to be unemployed well even more often than young men so studying zuri was a, was a, a little bit even more i'd say it was a, even more personal to us because we were also part of the victims of people who are not employed at the time and we thought should we be part of the uh, problem or should we part of the problem solvers and um so that that's pretty much what uzuri stands for and we like to say that we also um create smiles and my role today at uzuri is to organize um a plan and also help implement our business plan and run also some of the day-to-day -day activities with of course a team of uh 10 people in management and also we have a, a technical team of 75 people which um myself and this old divide my co-founder divide in a way that is kind of in harmony uh i'm running the or i'm focusing on the commercial side of the company while my co-founder is always also running operations design and and production wow well that is definitely an inspiring mission hearing you say that you didn't want to be a part of the problem you wanted to help solve the problem uh is really powerful uh and congratulations for all the progress you've made already uh with your brand It looks like in 2019 the Africa Netpreneur Prize initiative named uh, you among the top 10 heroes creating change across Africa. I'm curious how you strike a balance between managing the day-to-day -day of your business and then promoting yourself and your company more broadly in the media and among the the wider ecosystem. 
Um, it is it is tough. It is tough because sometimes as entrepreneur, you just think that staying in the background and doing the work is 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 important, but everything is just combined. Everything combined is just so important as well. And so for quite some time, I spent most of my time really in the workshop, in a factory, in the stores, trying to do my work and making sure that in the background we are delivering to our customers and we're developing our company. But I think maybe in 20, at the end of 2018, I realized we need to put our word out there. We need to start positioning ourselves in, in, in places where important people, people who care can really see what we're doing. It's still not easy to promote yourself as an entrepreneur because you want to kind of create a balance between, okay, doing my work and, and publicizing what I'm, I'm doing. And so what we really do, um, we chose to go to the storytelling part where we're telling the stories, not just of me, but also the stories of people who work in the company, people who have been um, that the company has made an impact on. And those are the women who work in our workshop. I would say that 70% of our company is actually made of women, whether it's in the management team or even the production. And so we started telling the stories. If you go to our social media, if you go in the, the news. Um, I remember one day I had, I had an interview with this young woman and I asked her, why did you decide to actually apply for a job here? And she said, oh, I know that Uzuri prioritized women um, when they're hiring. And I thought, okay, it sounds like we have been able to put the word out there. And so we have been really trying to push the narrative of what we do. And and um, the people who work in the company really make it so easy. And they they actually tell their own stories, except that we use our platforms to, 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 to share that. And uh, so far we have around more than 80,000 um, audiences or followers on our social media combined. And so it is really important for us that to reach um, different people with our story, whether it's my story, my co-founders, the woman who makes shoes, the woman who's in, in finance or marketing. And, and that's how we've been able to uh, create awareness of what we do. I must agree that uh, that element is uh, most of the one of the most rewarding um, parts of entrepreneurship or even leadership, where you're constantly working and putting out this message, uh, and then eventually you do see whether it's team members or customers for, you know, out in the public coming back to you and mirroring that message, and it really clicks that people have heard you and understand. Um, so that I can definitely uh, that resonates with me as well. Absolutely. One thing that I can add is that when we started sharing the stories of the of the women and the people in general, we have men as well. One of our marketing, digital marketing assistants, we kind of had a conversation about it and that she would start having I used personally to have these conversations with these women, with these people who work in the workshop, young people who work in our workshop. And so I thought, wow, that's and every time I had these conversations, it was so inspiring what things they have been able to achieve while working at Uzuri, the um, difficult times they have uh, been able to uh, pass or they have been able to to 
overcome. And I, I thought, wow, that would be beautiful to share. And so when I asked um, our marketing, digital marketing assistant, I asked her, could you listen to these people? It was challenging because sometimes people don't trust the person, but they got there and they started sharing with her and she started sharing the stories. And going back and reading them, I was like, even if nobody reads these stories, I think they inspire me to, to continue becoming a leader that I want to be in the future. And so that's why we keep actually sharing and, and creating stories and, and making sure that everybody who is part of the company puts their word out there, what they want to say to the audience, the customers, the, to our investors, to everybody who's, who's really a stakeholder in our company. And so it's not just uh, to put it out there for people to see, but also for ourselves to be inspired. That's so true. Very important to keep inspiring your staff, but also uh, you know, crafting this narrative also keeps you focused on kind of your North Star as a company um, and helps make decisions uh, on a daily basis. Uh, so that's so true and so important. This podcast is, is called The Everyday Leader. We'd like to speak with leaders and hear about the challenges uh, they face in their roles, uh, whether that's uh, with teams or with projects or with missions, um, and, and how they uh, work with their teams to overcome those challenges. Do you have an example uh, in recent years of kind of a, a challenge that Missouri KNY faced and, and how you kind of rallied your team uh, together to um, drive past it? Yeah, I think it's, I think that one is so easy. Um... I, I'll just go ahead. There's so many challenges, but I'll just go ahead and take an example of, of the pandemic and, and I mean, the year of 2020 where everybody was so uncertain. Um, Rwanda was already closing down by March. And by the time we had just opened a new store in the city and we thought this is the year we're going to really not just grow the business uh, financially, but also grow our team and uh, improve the way we do everything. It was just a wonderful year for us. It's, it looks like it was going to be, and then everything just completely changed in in a week. And so everyone was so not sure of what's going to happen. Everybody was scared, I would say. And so I remember the first day, the first week, uh, we were at home, um, and and just receiving words from employees, what they think just fear really and what I did is we have around 80 at the time we have around 80 people in the company and I just sat home um, took my computer and started thinking how do we really look forward to this year even if it's going to be challenging and how do we make sure that everybody stays employed and I actually achieved that. We were able to keep everybody in the company. And I called the managers, the people that we work with closely. I asked them to, you know, stay online. At the time, no one really wanted, like nobody really cared about staying online because online because we all worked in the same office. So if somebody doesn't pick up, somebody doesn't answer an email, you just, you meet them tomorrow morning in the office anyways. And so we started walking around, staying online and being sure that we were communicating. Um, we started learning ways we can keep ourselves active, actually. How, because 
I mean, all the advice I got from other entrepreneurs were, oh, we're laying off people. We are laying, we are giving unpaid leaves. And I'm like, but how is it going to help the people? How is it going to help anybody to get unpaid leave when they're in the house, not going anywhere to be able to also have access to any other income? And so we pledged ourselves to keep people employed and, and we were able to do it. Um, and I actually took my phone and started calling everyone from the junior person who's making a strap in the factory to the manager, to the finance officer, just assuring them that we're going to be okay. We just need to work together to the point that people started asking, how can we be part of the this quarantine workforce? Because at first I thought we're going to be just the management team because we can we are able to work online. But then even the production team started to say, oh, if we have parts of materials, we can start creating some of the upper parts from home and and be useful and upper parts of shoes actually and we started distributing different parts of shoes i mean by the permission of you know to move around and our team started going around and we started our e-commerce was still running we started distributing shoes uh to customers customers still actually would ask us why aren't you delivering on time we would try to explain hey we actually are in quarantine and it's very difficult for us to uh, uh, keep time at this point. And Castles are like, no, that's not an excuse. We need the shoes. And it became something so interesting. And our company kept running during uh, um, that, that particular time. And that was really, um, that, that turned out to be the year that our company actually grew in terms of revenue compared to the previous year. Um, and it was a huge win for us. Wow, uh, that is super impressive. Uh, not only did you keep all of your employees, but you somehow transformed your shoe manufacturing business into a decentralized uh, manufacturing uh, workforce. Uh, I did not see that coming, and uh, it sounds like you really um, kind of embraced the challenge and, and used that to continue to grow uh, your brand. Um, now, I want to step back a little bit and have you reflect on when you think about yourself as a leader, when you first uh, started the company with your co-founder um, close to nine years ago and compare yourself uh, as a leader now, what would you say has changed uh, the most and maybe uh, what has not changed uh, at all? What has not changed, I'm going to start with that, is the vision that we had for the company, which is to brand Africa and Rwanda, Rwanda in Africa as an origin of sustainable, eco-friendly uh, footwear items in the world or on the global market. That has always been our vision. That's why we kept actually working together, because we shared that as co-founders. And then what um, has changed is just the freedom of, of change that I had when I started young, um, ambitious, uh, nothing to lose. We have no money. We have no resources. We have no assets at the time. We're just students at the university in the second year of university. And at the time, we're just thinking, what can we do to get what we don't have? And how can we help our own community? And so we didn't really think too carefully. Uh, but today what changed is I think 
when I spoke to my coach last night, she said, oh, actually, it sounds like you are uh, trying to come back to who you were a few years ago, but with the wisdom that you have today. I feel like I have grown with the help of so many people um, in, in terms of taking decisions and and the carefulness that I use today is completely different from what I was doing um, back then. Uh, back then it was a little bit safer, not many risks. Um, and so it was okay to dive in and do something uh, that was completely, let's say the first time we said, we're going to open our first store in Kigali, people were like, you should stick on production. Retail is so difficult. I mean, how many customers walk into stores? And since we, we opened our first store in Kigali, I mean, there's no day that went by without selling a pair of shoes or two or three or ten. And so, and, and so it helped us to even think, okay, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, how can we do that? Um, and, but, but now today, if we're going to open a new store, I have, we have to strategize. It has to be something that has been planned a year or two years prior, or even five years prior. Um, and, and that part is so important as you grow as a company, but also it's so, it, it sounds a little bit sad that you lose that freedom and that charisma, charisma that you had as a young person studying. And so that, that I think that, that that's what has changed so far. Absolutely. It's uh, you can't make uh, decisions on the same day uh, when you have, you know, uh, dozens of staff and, and so many moving parts. Uh, and you definitely have to reinvent yourself uh, as a leader, as your team grows in, in size and in complexity. I'm curious, in which ways do you proactively look to grow yourself as a leader and as a business uh, person? Are there activities that you pursue, um, things that you study to uh, kind of upskill yourself to make sure that you are constantly refining yourself and being the best leader that you can be? Um, actually, I don't know if there's such a thing as being the best leader personally. I feel like I have I grow every day. Sometimes I learn something and I'm I'm just so amazed and I wonder how much is left for me out there to learn. I don't think even at the end of my days I would have learned everything that is out there to learn. And so how I keep myself to try and be a leader, a good leader is uh, by really listening to advisors and following from the beginning I because I knew my limitations when I started I'm a creative person I'm not um, I don't have a degree in finance in management leadership so I started really finding ways to teach myself in 20, since 2013 up today I think I've attended at least more than 10 accelerators and the most important ones being um, Business Professionals Network, uh, which is a Swiss-based Swiss organization, but also they have they have their Rwanda uh, quarters here. And I attended their leadership programs for quite some time, um, a year, I think, or more. I attended the Pistru Business, which is an American base. I mean, I'm not trying to name all of them, but I, I dive into really trying to learn things that I was sure that I didn't know and I wasn't even biased and saying oh I'm a natural leader or something I could have been but there are so many things that people who have experience will teach you or they'll have taught me 
suffer that made me who I am today that made me keep my business for the past nine years and so it really is important for me to keep doing that because I know the importance of it so even up today I'm still going through that I'm still attending a program such as Stanford Seed I'm still going through the NCI programs um, I am uh, talking to advisors recently we were able to uh, form our board of advisory which is a huge huge win for us um, because these are already people who gave us advice with or without a formal board but we thought okay let's now make it something um, that we keep seriously on our company that we invest in um, on a monthly um, quarterly annual basis and so and that really makes keeps me grounded keeps me humble and knowing that there is somebody out there who knows something that i don't know really keeps me um i would say it keeps the fear away fear of failure away because then i know that when i, I need something i would ask somebody even if they don't have the answer there is some sort of advice knowing that you're not alone and that really helps me to continue running the company as well. We also continue to be a good business partner, co-founder, a leader, an employee of a company that I founded. It really keeps me grounded. Well, that, that's such a, a great attitude to have, uh, being humble, continually seeking out uh, advisory support, going through different types of programs, um, also learning on the job and being reflective of, of what you're learning day to day is, is so um, valuable. Thank you so much for, for reflecting today. Just as we uh, start to wrap up, uh, you mentioned, you know, how you told us how your, your company got through the pandemic and you transformed your manufacturing uh, base into a decentralized uh, workforce. I, I imagine you're still, you've, you've made your way back now to working from uh, the factory day to day. Um, how do you look at the future, the kind of the future of work, the future of business, when it comes to Missouri KNY, how do you, as a leader, hope to kind of chart the future for your company, given you know all of the rapid change that continues to um, come our way in the the global uh, market? Yeah, that's a, such a wonderful question, and I, I'm going to ask this question to my team today during our meeting, actually. <laughs> but how do I see that? I mean, as we grow as a company, and and one thing that 2020 and, and 21, because we're still going through it, really taught us was to create a space where people can uh, express themselves and feel comfortable um, and not make it the old school type of work environment. I mean, I've worked in different environments before in Rwanda and it just wasn't as pleasant. I remember... Um, when I was working somewhere in Kigali as a teenager, I think I was 18, I there was no water to drink in, in the whole premise. And today, every time I just, when we're thinking of designing our stores or workshops, we just thought, what what's missing? What is Where is the human life? It, it can't just be uh, bricks and wood. It just has to be something where people live, you know? somewhere that, and that's something we started way before, but I don't think we're doing it in a 
school way. And so in the future, we we're, as we actually growing our company, we're currently raising a seed round. We're thinking, how can we build spaces that where people actually um, are able to live their lives, even if they're spending four, three hours, those three hours should be able to bring them uh, growth, um, some sort of change in their lives, uh, whether it's what they're seeking for, whether it's ambition, whether it's it's um, happiness at, at that particular time, whether it's comfort, they should be able to find that. You don't have to suffer because you're working. And uh, especially that we have mostly women, we have mothers, we have parents, even men who are parents today working in our company. And so how can we make their lives a little bit easier when they're working? How can we not make it a hassle? It doesn't have to be. I remember when people said, oh, you have a factory. I always said, no, we just have a workshop because the history of factory to me, it just, um, it's something different. The videos that I've seen, the factories that I've visited is just, you look at people, it just like, it just looks intense. And so I like to say that our place is a workshop rather than uh, a, a factory. And so we want to build spaces that make people comfortable and an environment for parents and environments for young people to express themselves. And at the same time, in our management team, we have already started to implement a hybrid uh, working environment where we can work from home. Like yesterday, we just completely, everybody was working from home and just a part of us was in the office, but uh, some other people are just on Zoom um, and discussing important issues and coming up with um, solutions at the same time. Keeping empathy going is so important. Uh, in the beginning, you just thought this was a working relationship, but today you have to understand someone's position, where they're coming from, they have kids, they have a life to lead. I mean, I like to tell my, my team, having a job is not everything, but it helps. Uh, but before that, we thought, oh, having a job is everything you have because you have to work to be able to, to survive. And so we want to leave instead of continuing to survive. And, and that's something we want to build in our company, whether it's today or in the future. And I think um, it's, it is the future, really. It is. <laughs> Well, it's very clear to me that uh, you're being intentional around not uh, having an old school factory, but a new school a workshop or even studio. And it definitely sounds like a, a great place to, to work uh, as a team member. And so um, I imagine uh, you will uh, continue to attract uh, lots of great uh, team members and grow uh, your team, uh, both in, in the workshop and also in your different retail outlets and wishing you well uh, in your, your fundraising uh, efforts and um, wishing you also continued success on your own uh, leadership journey. It's been uh, really incredible to hear from you today. I've learned a lot about uh, your journey uh, as a leader, um, having started Uzuri K&Y, and um, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm really happy to have done this. It's, it's, it's also inspiring to me because it's not every day that that I reflect to the past and think of the future, so.